0: cyberspace the final frontier these are the voyages of your new business enterprise its ongoing mission to explore strange new domains to seek out new sites and new monetizations to boldly go where no one has gone before webmasterradio.fm so logical you'll go out of your vulcan mind webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere stand by for the hook
1: Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin, Porter & Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world. Every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR, The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now, here's your host, Katie Kempner.
2: Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, and you are listening to The Hook, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. My hope is that by listening to these thought leaders, you will find inspiration and gain insights that will be useful in your life with what you do. So today I am delighted to be joined by Eric Javerbaum, Managing Partner Client Services Director for Lime. Just to give you a little bit about Eric, and there's so much to say, he brings more than 25 years of experience to PR. He's counseled a wide range of clients from Sony, Ikea, where I first had the pleasure to meet him, Domino's Pizza, Bell Atlantic, H and M and American Express. Prior to Lyme, he had his own agency, Jericho Communications, for twenty one years, which he actually merged with Lyme, and he'll tell us about that. He's also an accomplished author, having written several books, including Public Relations Kit for Dummies. Eric was named one of the five heroes in the P.R. business by P.R. Week in 2005 for his grassroots campaign called Walk a Mile in My Shoes, which successfully influenced the House of Representatives vote to pass the increase in governmental spending on stem cell research, and so much more, but we'll wait and talk to to him about all this. Hello, Eric. Uh,
3: You know, I, I think you said everything. I'm not sure what else I can say now. Thank you for the wonderful introduction.
2: Wow! Happy Halloween.
3: Well, happy Halloween to you also.
2: Well, thank you. It's been a big thing in in my house because we had to bake a Halloween cake for my daughter's class and uh, cookies for my son. And I'm not, you know, if you know me, I'm not really much of a baker. So it's it's been a rough. Uh, 24 well, hours you know something.
3: I am in a, uh, as you know, a wildly creative environment here by day, and uh, I think I have the worst costume of the entire office today. So, I can't what are write you? about Halloween.
2: Well, what are you, Eric? Uh, I'm I'm
3: myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad costume because there's so much to talk about.
3: Well, about we'll, we'll, we'll find out in the next hour.
2: Well, let's start here. Let's start by talking about Lime and, and your decision to merge Jericho Communications, your agency for 21 years, which was very successful with Lime. How did you come to decide to do that, and, and what are you doing with them?
3: Well, you know, I've got to tell you that, uh, and, and you know uh, from the uh has that uh, we've crossed on before that all of the holding companies had spoken to us at one time during my 21 years in business and I was really looking for something that I didn't think was out there that I didn't think I could find and uh, when I found Lyme I was just in love and I am a walking testimonial for a merger that works everybody I speak to talks about the difficulty in merging companies cultures, philosophies I got absolutely everything that I could possibly want about having in my professional career, uh, which is the reason that I decided to make the move. And, you know, here I am eight months later, and I can say that uh, everything that I thought, everything that I wished, uh, it, it, it all came true. It all happened. I am surrounded by... Brilliant, collaborative uh, uh, partners and associates in in all sorts of disciplines that I wasn't before. And for the first time in my life, I've been teaching for so long, I'm learning. And I'm really getting a kick out of it, and I love the stuff we do. uh, And um, uh, it's just a real pleasure to be in an environment like this.
2: And you have a great, um, you have a great partner with Claudia Strauss, who I'm a big fan of. Claudia's as well. Yeah, she's well, the president uh, of
3: Lime. Yeah, yeah. Claudia is, uh, as I said in the uh, introduction of the second edition of Public Relations for Dummies, which I was uh, finishing up. Uh, right as the merger was happening, to me, being partners with Claudia, uh, it was like catching lightning in a bottle. Claudia and I are completely complementary. Um, we have very different skill sets, and it is the quintessential perfect partnership. She is absolutely brilliant, and I wouldn't want to be partners with anybody who wasn't.
2: That's so lovely. I think we should end right here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end now. I mean, you you know
3: Claudia, and you know uh, the work that she's done historically. You know, uh, uh, I mean, she basically created pop-ups. Um... The way to sit, uh, have the pleasure of sitting in a creative brainstorm with her uh, is just, uh, it, it, it creates an electric environment. Claudia bounces off the walls at 180 miles an hour, and every one of those uh, bounces is another brilliant uh, contribution to the client work that we do and the work that we're doing at Lime.
2: Well, tell me about some of the work that you're doing. What are some exciting things that you're working on right now?
3: Well, you know what I love is is that we're really, uh, you know, in, in, in every and um, uh, I- in my opinion, um, uh, it's a... Uh Wonderful thing to talk about, but can it really be done? And it really does happen here, and that's what is, I find, the most stimulating of all. I'll tell you, uh, uh, at least a funny story to me, when I came here my second week, I was having a conversation uh, with Jen Landers, our uh, head, of wonderful head of corporate communications here, and Steve Thibodeau, who runs Dot .Glue, and he was telling me, reviewing with me, going over with me, uh, the band campaign, which we had just completed. And he told me the whole story about what we did for Ban online and how we uh, c- uh, attracted kids to vote for other kids and they got to be in an ad and as he was telling me all this I said Steve Ban isn't that the deodorant that my mother used and he said yeah <laughs> exactly and I said and you're telling me that we're making Ban cool again quote unquote he said yeah that's exactly what we're doing and uh, I was skeptical as I listened to the entire story and the entire case study but it sounded very interesting. As I was contemplating everything that Steve had told me that day, I went home that night uh, and I opened my teenage daughter's uh, medicine cabinet and in it was BAN. And I said, Cole, you use BAN? And she said, Yeah, all, all my friends do. I said, All your friends do? And she said, Yeah, it's cool. I said, it's cool? Exactly (laughs) what Steve had told me earlier in the day. And what lesson I learned, and that was literally in my second week here, lesson I learned that day was how interesting is this? I have. A brilliant managing partner here, Steve Thibodeau, telling me the work that they do on the internet, where they're talking to Gen Y, which to me is an absolutely fascinating generation, uh, age uh, depending on your definition, fourteen to twenty-four. He is talking to my daughter, basically behind my back on the internet. I have no idea. Her opinion of ban has been completely influenced, and she tells me that she voted in the competition that Dot Glue had put together online. That's what influenced her, to say to me, "'Dad, ban is cool.'" Exactly the strategy that Thibodeau had laid out for me in the morning. That's when I said, wow, this is, I, I, I've got to be doing more of talking more to the people that uh, my associates here because the stuff that they do I've never seen before. I haven't been involved with it before. And I think that now more than ever, not just public relations, not promotions, not interactive, not 30-second spots, not print, all of it. The entire marketing umbrella the world that we live in is completely changing professionally and if we can't change as quickly as the environment is changing we're going to be we're going to get left behind and uh, that is number one thing that I love about being over here is the, how we embrace wh- where are we going to be tomorrow how are we going to communicate with new generations and new buyers of our products or our clients' products. Because if we don't figure out how to communicate with them in a way that will resonate and a way that will be heard, uh, all of our brands will get old very, very quickly.
2: Well, I think you raise a really good point. I mean, young people are not getting their news the way they're their parents used to get their news. They're not getting entertained the same way, and they're not getting news, so they're not reading the newspapers. They're not watching TV. They're going online the same way that your daughter's going online to vote on ban. She's also spending her time online and getting her news there. So I think that how oh, absolutely, you them?
3: it's it's um, and this is not because it's what I do for a living. Uh, I love, I mean, love the morning newspaper. I can't start my day without the morning newspaper. And on the train in, in the morning, I commute into, into Manhattan. I read five different papers. In part, yes, because of what I do for a living, but uh, honestly, I truly enjoy that. My daughter... I can't start my day without reading a newspaper. I bet my daughter will never read a newspaper in her life. She will get the news exactly as you say. And not only will she get it uh, electronically, but she'll get the news that she wants to get. She'll decide what news will be pushed to her to read. Uh, so it will be it, it, it's a very different model. And um, we have to address that. Uh, but now, Aaron,
2: look at, I mean... I'm sorry, you know. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what, what do you see, I mean, what do you see that means for PR people getting their message out there? Are you going to be able to have, you know, the way you sort of see your message where you say to a, a client, "says, you know, I want this story in the Wall Street Journal, and that's where it goes. I mean, it, as you go to the point it, on the Internet, is that going to still be able to happen?
3: Um, uh, well, I think there will always be a place... Uh, for traditional media, uh, that clients will always want to be in the Wall Street Journal. They'll always want to be in the New York Times. They'll always want to be in the Miami Herald. They'll want to be in those papers, and those papers are also—they're very influential. Uh, you know, on the Internet. And if you follow the trends, I used to say, read USA Today in the morning and then get in your car and commute to work and listen to, your, uh, listen to the news. It, it, it's, it's basically scripts for radio. Well, it, it is still the case that what gets printed in uh, the Wall Street Journal does get picked up and spread all around the Internet, and you will always want to... Uh, it'd be in publications like that. It certainly, uh, as you know, validates, it has an air of authority, and I'm just signaling out the Wall Street Journal, but it could be plenty of other publications. So you'll always want to still go to the same places that we've gone historically, but you're going to have to go to other places. And you know, it's astonishing to me. I mean, just you know, looking at blogs in general, which are all over the place, and nobody really under or I should say not nobody, very few people understand them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, at the Fortune 1000, 77% of executives they don't have a policy about blogs, period, none. And only uh, uh, 20% uh, uh, have any sort of... Uh, what i would call elevated interest in exploring having a policy forget about the fact that they don't have a blog they don't even have a policy in place and you know reputations can run rampant on the internet if you're not careful and if you're not monitoring that and today people who are not monitoring that space will not be aware uh of uh messages that are getting spread both true and false both hyped and not and you have to be you have to put your finger on that pulse uh, or you're not doing your job as a PR practitioner for your clients.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about that. Let's take a very quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about the Internet and blogs and your reputation on the Internet. We'll be back right after this.
4: Sit tight and don't move. The Hook will be back after this short break.
0: Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
5: Into a fortune. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch. Media.com today.
4: I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. Run,
3: run, I love Shrek.
1: I'm an
4: ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome.
0: We need a little time, you know, to be
4: together. Fantastic. Now, you're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already, is that
1: right?
0: Fiona and I are married now. And
1: you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right, will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like
4: sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. Dishy Mix. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm. Join the club, we've got jackets.
0: Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
4: Now back to The Hook.
2: The intersection of advertising and PR.
4: Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host.
2: Welcome back. I'm Katie Kemner and today I am being joined by Eric Javerbaum, Managing Partner, Client Services Director for Lime. Welcome back, Eric. Uh,
3: thanks for having me again.
2: <laughs> this is my favorite This, th- th- this time the I evening. promise I'll let you
3: talk on this segment.
2: No, 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 no. no. no you're the guest. You're supposed to be talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are the talker. And, you know, there's, you touched on something right before we went to break that I – find myself spending a t- lot of time thinking about now, which is just how to manage the Internet. You know, as a PR professional, as as an advertising agency, we're all about letting consumers opt in and understanding that now they have control of opting into the message and helping to control the message. But when you're a PR professional and you're putting your message out there What does that mean if people on blogs are saying, you know, the opposite of what you want them to think or, you know, news is spread so, so quickly? I mean, how can – is it controllable?
3: Um, I I think we sort of have to define control a little bit differently than we have historically. I I got a call uh, a decade-plus ago. Uh, from a very high-profile fashion brand saying that a rumor was spreading on the Internet uh, about their founder, whose name is on all the clothing. What do we do? I had no idea. I don't know. Uh, And meanwhile, to this day, that rumor is spreading around the Internet. Nobody did anything to correct the facts. Well, I can tell you that if we're not paying attention, we can never set the record straight, but it is a different way of... The control that we uh, try to have, we all spend a lot of time teaching our clients how to do media interviews uh... i do a lot of media training and uh, yeah i always give the uh... the henry kissinger example when he used to go before the white house press corps and say does anybody have any questions uh... for the answers i'm already giving we <laughs> teach our clients how to get out messages now we we still teach them how to get out messages but they give messages they go out on the internet and anybody can react or respond in their own personal way um, it, which may be positive which may be negative, and we need to be open to that, we need to be transparent we We have to be very, very careful uh, just taking a page out of the recently very highly publicized Walmart issues um, with with their entire blogging campaign. we have to be real. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're not prepared to be real, if we're not prepared to be open and transparent, then we really shouldn't be in that space. And that's a decision that companies have to make themselves. But as we stand right now, there is a very big difference between what the C-suite, and you know, uh, as you know, my my third book was uh, Leadership Secrets of the World's Most Successful CEOs. So I spent a lot of time with CEOs. There is a big difference between what the ceo is thinking about electronic space and and that doesn't mean selling Mm -hmm. retail because now we're seeing a lot of success people are actually have successful business models on the internet but uh, the difference between the ceo and uh... Uh, the new, the, the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings coming into the marketing departments, uh, is it's a night and day, uh, and until CEOs embrace this new technology, uh, corporate America is going to remain far behind, and it is those companies who choose not to who will capture what I think is a little bit of the holy grail uh, of the future of marketing. I mean, you know, right now you've got 15 percent. Uh, of companies. Now, I'm just talking Fortune 1000, mm-hmm. but I think that these numbers probably play out uh, across the board. Only 15 percent have somebody in their company currently writing a blog, period. I mean, and it is such an impactful tool. Only 15 percent are doing it, and only 8% uh, have any sort of organized team Uh, of dedicated people that can write, you know, sanctioned blog. Okay, you can go out and you can write this blog. I mean, that's sort of sad. Um, And it's too far behind the times already. Uh, Corporate America needs to catch up.
2: Now, do you think, I mean, talking about about blogging, because so many times blogs are just started by independent people who either love your product or hate your product or something to say. You know, do you think it's useful for a for companies to have their own blogs or just simply monitor blogs that talk about their product or their... Well, I can't look at blogs anymore because there was this blog that was about when when this show came out and, you know, I was... Jeff Benjamin, who's the interactive creative director, he's like, you gotta, you gotta take a look because everybody's talking about your show and there's been, like, all these people talking about it. And I couldn't read past one person who said I was fat. <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> well, you know, something its funny you say that... Um, i uh for whatever reason I would say more than not with with my books because they're always i have you know the l a Times will say brilliant writer, and the new york Times will say can't write to save his life you know on the same day it's it 's mm-hmm. all very subjective, but I always got a kick out of i don't know why but i got a, i i like the uh, any constructive criticism that i got uh and um you do i mean look you're you're putting yourself out there you you particularly are and you're going to get that uh knowing what people are saying and uh, correcting the facts. Now, uh, you know, those are personal attacks, and the personal attacks.
2: And I'm a size 4, just
3: for the record. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? You just straight, you, look what you just Straighten did. It out. You just set the record straight. Now we don't have to have any more talk about that. <laughs> but uh, companies don't do that. They don't set the record straight. Uh, straight, and the fact of the matter is, is that there's plenty circulating on the internet that is not, uh, that is factually incorrect. But if nobody corrects that fact, that fact becomes true, and that okay. is the same exact way that it has always been in our business. When a newspaper does a story and the facts are not correct, if we don't do anything to correct those facts, uh, those facts become facts,
2: yeah,
3: uh, whether they're accurate or not. Um, so. I love a when you look at a company where uh, senior level management, uh, to me, to the highest level, CEO, preferably. Sometimes that's just not reality because you know if you want to do a blog and you want to have traction, you could, it, it, it does take a fair amount of daily time um, or regular time, and that's very difficult to do. But if, when you have a CEO who will personally uh, uh, engage. Both their critics uh, and the people that feel very favorably about things that they 've done, mm-hmm. uh, you have a CEO who 's looking at tomorrow. Uh, you have a CEO who can do wonders for their brand i mean it 's still a fact that along with that title um, comes an awful lot of uh, respect and recognition. The press is still interested in it, and so is, is the general public. So when the top person at a company will go on record on uh, on a blog, and will engage the general public, and we'll answer questions to the general public. To, I think that's fantastic. Now that well, said, there's a not an about awful lot of the, that, About we'll that, that book,
2: Le- leadership secrets of the world's most successful CEOs. What are some of them?
3: Uh, oh gosh, you know what was amazing <laughs> is the uh, the idea for the book. Um, I got. I was uh, at a meeting at the New York Stock Exchange uh, with uh, the then head of the exchange, DeGrasso, and we were talking about September 11th, and they went around the room, and every uh, it was 10 CEOs at dinner with him, and mm-hmm. every CEO said something diametrically opposed to the one before them about what they did in the hours following September 11th here in New York City. Everybody did something different. And I thought to myself, this is really interesting. Everybody around this table is very bright. Everybody around this table is very successful. Everybody around this table did something totally different. And I realized that there's not one way to lead. There's many ways to lead uh... and there uh, there's an awful lot of literature there's an awful lot of books out on leadership uh... and the quote-unquote way to do it there isn't a quote-unquote way to do it if you inspire the people that work for you if you uh, it may sound cliche but getting a hundred and ten percent out of people uh... you only do that if they uh, are inspired by you, if they feel that they can learn by you, and I'm a big believer in leading by example, I don't never, I never ask somebody to do something that I either haven't done uh, or won't still do today. And mm-hmm. that was one of the common denominators that I found with a lot of the leaders that uh, I had the uh, real opportunity and honor to spend time with.
2: Well, who were some of them that are that are included in your book?
3: Well, I, I was absolutely fascinated by Carly Fiona. Um, uh she uh the way that she what she's able to do in an hour the the way that she managed her time the efficiencies that she built into every minute of the day. Uh, were incredible to me. The way uh, a, a negative situation or a seemingly difficult or hostile situation didn't seem nearly as hostile with her answering the questions. The way that she was able to diffuse, you know, tense environments fascinating and a real talent. Um, you, uh, Akia, who was a you know a longtime client of ours, um, mm-hmm. to look at the, the way that uh, Prinella Lopez Spears, who's still the president of the company, walks the walk of the working mom um, and does go home at night uh and will be trick or treating with her kids tonight uh and wants to make sure that anyone else who's a working mom in her company does exactly the same uh i mean again leading by example to taking a stance on what you're going to do and actually doing it uh and creating an environment where other people can do it, all under the umbrella of, you know what, we are a business, and I'm not talking about a key, I'm talking about anybody. We are a business, and businesses are in business to make money. Uh, so there obviously has to be parameters, but um, it, it, you know that, it, it, that's the magic. And when you look at companies that are successful, and I don't mean had a good year, had mm-hmm. a good quarter, had a, uh, you know, they were the the, the the greatest thing in the world in 1990. I mean, sustaining growth for the long term under the same leader because, uh, I mean, the average tenure of a CEO today, uh, uh, depending on the source, is give or take uh, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't give you very much time to change the personality of an organization. I am a big believer in if... Uh, leadership could stay in the position that they 're in for longer terms uh, they would influence organizations in a greater way but uh, at the at the end of the day, uh, leadership has to answer to the bottom line and has to accept that responsibility now while we uh, uh, have to adhere to the bottom line, we still need to inspire we still need to create, and we still need to do something different tomorrow, uh, yeah. certainly in marketing we do.
2: Well, let me let's talk about another one of your books because um, I wanted to spend a little time on the PR Kit for Dummies and something I saw you speak recently. Um, because Lime is part of Kirschenbaum, which is part of MDC Partners, which I also work for. So I heard you speak at the MDC Partners meeting, and one thing that you said that really interested me was that you were doing the rewrite of PR Kit for Dummies just to sort of um, update it. And so much has changed in this industry that you had to rewrite almost 75% of the book.
3: Well, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, typically in book publishing, if you have uh, a successful property, and PR for Dummies was very successful, uh, they'll ask you to do just a update. Mm-hmm. Um, in theory, in, in publishing terms, that update to keep it fresh and current is a 20% rewrite. And you're paid accordingly. And I said, yeah, yeah, of course I want to do the, you know, <laughs> the update and the rewrite. I sat down and I said, you know what, this is a – and it was, it was less than five years later. The dramatic changes in this business, I wish I could have only done a 20% rewrite. You're absolutely right. It was close to 70% of the book that I rewrote. I may as well have been, uh, you know, writing it from scratch. Um, but, I mean, we, le- we led – the first page of the book is about blogging uh i didn 't even I didn't even know what blo- I never even heard of blogging when I wrote the original mm-hmm. uh, edition the The old infamous you know you make a mistake on the internet uh get out the vacuum cleaner and suck that rumor out of the internet well there 's no vacuum cleaner to suck it out of the internet, so how do you deal with it well wasn 't really a big problem for people five short years ago but yeah. the, the, the space has changed so much, and I think that you know p r and promotions to uh which is why i believe so much in integration and what you know richard and john are doing you know here uh w- w- with the companies that are all under the same roof is we all need to be on the same page it's not about whose discipline is more important, which discipline costs more money. It's about each discipline working together to accomplish the same goal for the client. That's where you, that's where you give a true value proposition. And even within Lime, where we have both promotions and PR, uh, which in a, in a much smaller way, uh, is uh, walking integration because it, it is the promotions people have complete respect for what the PR people can do for the promotions. The PR people have complete respect for how the promotions people can bring to life what uh, we do PR-wise and have realized that when we can work hand-in-hand – hand, uh, we got a little bit of magic, and that 's a that that 's just a smaller view of a much larger m- marketing picture. Everybody is talking about this um, who 's doing it and um, I think that when you get too big uh you it, it's very very hard to be nimble enough to do it and uh, i don't think that that's just my opinion that's certainly been widely reported in the press uh it, it, and if you're too small you're obviously not a player uh, again why i chose to come here we're in that perfect sweet spot in between we are nimble enough to be able to make adjustments uh we are uh at the perfect size so that every discipline can come to the table and create a solution that's best for the client that may not be... Uh, a 30-second spot that may not be a PR campaign. What we need to work backwards is what's the marketing objective of the brands that we work on and which disciplines can work together to best support that. And when you do that, that's magical marketing. And that's the marketing that, that, that we will be reading about tomorrow and you know, forevermore.
2: Well, let's go back a second to PR Kits for Dummies. So, besides blogging, what were some of the most dramatic changes in the five years?
3: Well, you you now have it doesn't matter uh, you know who you are. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go check you out on the blogs when we get off the phone. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you've done in your career. Uh, uh, now it's the, the research is really easy. Um, a decade ago, uh, you could do something, and maybe I, – I always remember the New York Times doing it. They, they did a piece about a survey that I had done, uh, and they called me and said, Oh, you know, Mr. Yavrabant, you've done some really interesting things, um, uh, some of them a little bit controversial, some of them a little bit uh, fun, tongue-in-cheek, humorous, mm-hmm. said yes, yes, and yes. They said, well, uh, you know, how legitimate is your survey? And I said, you know, 100%. And they said, okay. And did a half-page story. Today, the uh, research that anybody has at their fingertips is enormous. Mm -hmm. And any time, just like today, everything that I'm saying to you now will be on the record for the rest of my career uh and the way that you manage a uh, a brand public relations wise has to take that into full account one misstep is something to clean up for years to come uh so uh, that's a big change there's also trying to pick the right medium for your message is a big change today mm-hmm. you want to reach gen y you're going to reach them a lot quicker on the internet than you're going to reach them in a newspaper but that said you want to reach uh uh the, the 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 baby boomers it's a little bit different um although you do you, you, you do see the wind shifting a little bit on that also uh but it, there's so many different ways now to analyze uh, how you'll go about uh, crafting your strategy for a client than there used to be. I mean, it's not as simple as write the press release, spell the name of your client correctly, get it out to television, radio, and newspaper, and hit the phones it's not quite nearly as, it's not that simple. It's not, you are not just the, uh, and and by the way, I think that uh, that's where PR got a bad reputation to begin with. We are, to a certain extent, measured on the placements that we get, and of course we should be. But much more importantly is what was the message that came out in that publication? Did we get the messages that we had decided when we, Put our strategy together at the beginning of the year with the messages that we want to get out, and shouldn't there be a, a some way to evaluate that? And that's something else that we've seen in our industry is measurement mm-hmm. tools. Measurement tools are uh, evolving weekly, and you know, in our industry, we've always we, we've always groped and searched for how do we uh, validate, how do we show our clients that their investment is worthwhile. And uh, uh, now there's many more tools to do that that actually make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, for almost 20 years I worked on Domino's Pizza, and one of the, uh, Domino's would give us basically uh, at our disposal a dollar off on pizza. I could use that to my heart's content. Well, you know, obviously nobody's going to be writing about that. Well, so every campaign we did, we did something with a dollar off pizza and if we would do a campaign uh that uh, uh one example when we did uh, uh it, and it happened to be what, during Johnny Carson's last month on the air and the campaign was turning your job rejection notice it was just at the end of the uh, uh the, the school year had ended kids were looking mm-hmm. for jobs and uh, a lot of kids were not getting jobs, they were getting lots of rejections. Those rejection letters were actually worth a buck off pizza. Well, Carson mentions that in, in his monologue and says, you know, I'll see you next week across the street at Domino's. Um, just that alone, the incremental pizza sales the next day, pay our retainer for the year. Well, that makes a relationship with a client a lot easier. Um, now that's a little bit closer to direct marketing today. Um, where, of course, we'll continue to do things like that because if the if the client can feel it at the cash register, the client is going to continue to invest in the medium no matter what it is. Exactly. Uh, but today, the measurement tools that have been uh, that have evolved and have been put in place that we now can use for our clients. Uh, are so different. And they really help us sell back programs to the clients who also need to sell back programs to their CEOs.
2: So let's take a very quick break. And when we come back, um, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions for uh, PR professionals everywhere to get some the inside scoop. So we'll be back right after this.
4: Sit tight and don't move. The Hook. We'll be back after this short break. used exclusively for communicating with the media. PRWeb was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PRWeb has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PRWeb is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PRWeb is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. (laughs) He has a great time that he can't expense. Truelocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results.
1: Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper, sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at adobe.com. Or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create.
2: incredibly entertaining.
4: I want to ask you a question that comes with controversy.
2: Oh, now you're really tapping into it, Byron. See, now you (laughs) get the chance to ask all the questions that you always wanted to know. Even better, this is going to be a podcast so we can listen and laugh later. (laughs) This is one of your
3: favorite things. Keep it simple, stupid.
1: (laughs)
4: It was Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Yeah, no question. I think it was Tiger, 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 Tiger. <laughs> he is the name. I mean, he
0: is what golf is uh, resting on right now. <laughs>
3: I think he's a great
2: team player. He did buy his wife a new yacht.
0: Yeah, well, for that team, he's doing well.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Get to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, only on Webmaster WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all day long.
0: Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
4: Now back to The Hook.
2: The intersection of advertising and PR.
4: Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host.
2: Okay, we're back. I'm Katie Gevner, and I'm talking to Eric Gaverbaum, Managing Partner, Client Services Director for Lime, and author, and public speaker, and so much more. Hello, Eric.
3: Hello. It's great to be here.
2: (laughs) So, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, now I want to ask you a couple of things, a couple of tips, good things, bad things. Let's stop with the top five things, five, five, three or four, three to five things a PR person can do right. That's really on the money.
3: Uh, One of the things uh, that we all wrestle with and we need to do, we need to be very responsive, uh, expeditiously so, to people asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not just the press. That's the general public, too. Uh, The the, the faster we get answers, uh, uh, the faster... Uh, We can either put out fires if they're critical situations, or we can enhance the brands that we represent. Um, Building a a, a Rolodex of trust with uh, journalists that you work for and uh, uh, with people on the web. Um, Making sure that uh, you're completely transparent um, with who you are and what your objectives are. Big, big, big believer. Right? I tell us to every client who walks in the door is, it's uh, build that rolodex of trust. But when you every single brand you approach, you need to approach it differently, and it has nothing to do. I got a great rolodex. I know a lot of people. Nobody writes about my clients because they know me. They take my phone call. They write about our clients because we package them correctly for the medium. So you have to think long and hard about packaging. Whatever it is that you're selling, correct for the medium that you're selling it to, because really we're making journalist job in theory easier. And if we're not, by the way, they're not uh, uh, they're not using us anymore. And last is be available. Uh, if you want to use uh, PR uh, in your arsenal uh, of uh, marketing, uh, trust me. If you're not available uh, at three o'clock, they'll find. Uh, Two or three other people that will be available. I mean, I, w- I did Fox, uh, Fox and Friends regularly for many, many years, and uh, truth be told, I was available when they wanted me to be available. Yeah. Um, when it, uh, it's uh, again, n- not to keep throwing Kissingerisms into this interview, but Kissinger used to say, you know, there can't be a crisis today. My schedule's already full. Well, a lot of people feel like that about media interviews. I got to tell you that Fox and Friends, when uh, some crisis broke and they wanted to get an expert opinion uh and they call and i'm available and i'm available regularly and i will change my schedule for them they're going to call me more and they're going to rely on me more and by the way everybody benefits from that uh, my company does they do uh and you get more exposure that way so don't you know uh, it's for everybody i've ever represented don't don't believe your own press. Don't think that you're such a big celebrity that they're going to wait around for you because they won't. Uh, And understanding the life of uh, the journalists on the other end of the phone. What is their day like? Um, And incorporating your pitch process into their day. Uh, The the very first book I wrote was about getting your phone calls returned. And what I used to say on my tour when I toured for that book was how many people I would say to the host are going to call you while we're on the air. You're going to go back to your your inbox. You're going to have 10 messages from people who couldn't care less about what your day schedule is because they called you while you were on the air. It was the one time they definitely can't get you. Well, it's the same thing for uh, uh, calling a... Call a daily print journalist at 3.30 <laughs> and tell exactly. them a story uh, while they're under deadline. They're never taking your phone call again because you don't know anything about their lives. You don't know anything about the way the daily uh, process works at a daily newspaper. Uh, you know, call, uh, call Regis Philbin. Call them right after they're off the air when they're going right into their planning meeting. Um, catch them in, in, in the sweet, what I call the sweet spot, the 15 minutes before they go into that planning meeting. That's perfect. You actually know what their what, what, what their day is like. Call them while they're on the air or call them at 4 o'clock when they're gone for the day. You don't know anything about their lives.
2: Okay, so now I have two more questions. I can't believe this. I mean... I have so many more things to ask you first that ask will you come back again another time
3: yeah i 'll come back again. I want, I want this to i 'm really vying for this to be the Katie and Eric show, so i 'm going to yes i 'll come back the as many Katie times and as you Eric want. Show. I love it
2: So now I have two questions that I like to ask people: one really is for my own personal information, and one is more for everybody. So my first just because I like to know this is you know you 're a New York. PR, professional, big in your field. What is your favorite
3: restaurant to
2: take people to?
3: Oh, absolutely. you know, we're down in Soho, um, and there is a new restaurant every other week. Uh, what I love about being in New York is that you can try something different every other week, and if you don't, you're nuts. Um, that said, I, like many people in New York, am. Uh, I like uh, restaurants that are nearby, so I'm I'm staying in yep. the neighborhood, and I spend an awful lot of time at Giorgione.
2: Okay, Giorgione. So now I know where I can take you next time. Uh, next time I'm in town. And now my last thing, you know, I mean, you've had such an impressive career. You had your own agency. You, you know, you partnered with Lime. You, you've done so many different things. You're regular on television and radio, and you wrote all these terrific books. Do you have any advice for somebody who is maybe not exactly where they want to be or looking to make a move or any sort of personal philosophy that has guided you throughout your career?
3: Well, yeah, uh, two two is, uh, you know, embrace change. Um, because uh, so many of us are afraid of, uh, we're creatures of habit. we we like to know what's going to happen tomorrow. If you're in marketing uh, and you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, switch fields. Mm -hmm. uh, You have to embrace uh... both the unknown and the changing landscape and secondly is surround yourself by people who are smarter than you that that is something else that i did find uh... while i was interviewing CEOs for the leadership book is two distinct schools is one that surrounded themselves by people who were smarter than them uh, and those who like to have people who were not as smart as them so they were always the smartest person in the room if i'm the smartest person in the room um, uh, I didn't do a good job of raising my staff. I didn't do a good job of, of, of picking my staff. And I can tell you at Lyme, I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, and I love that. I love intellectual ping pong. I love intellectual friction. And I think that differences of opinion get you to a better place every time. When you're in a room with people who think exactly the same thing you're thinking, you've got one opinion. And what you want to have is many.
2: Well, that is very inspiring.
3: Thank you. No, thank you.
2: And thank you for joining us. Happy Halloween! Don't eat Happy too much Happy Halloween can. to you! And
3: don't don't forget the Katie and Eric show. Think about it.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Okay, we're gonna have to okay. work on that. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, and thank you for listening. Please join me next week for another edition of the Hook. Have a terrific day! Happy Halloween!